I can't handle the mouth noises. I really don't like mouth noises. You know what I do like, though? Nope. Nope. You nope. Do like Hello and welcome. And getting caught in the rain. We are the Ladies of Strange. I, I'm Rebecca. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. This was a trap. I don't got this. What's the next line? Thank you for joining. Okay. Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Tiffany. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Ashley. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hello, ladies. Hello, Tiffany. What's happening? What do you mean? It's all, it's all thrown off. It is all thrown off, but we're rolling with it. And Tiffany has her NPR voice on. And those were one of those moments we were talking about earlier no, no, where no, you no. feel like you don't fit into your skin. Th- that's her <laughs> thoughts for your, your thoughts. <laughs> Sweaty balls. Oh, I have a grip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. Well, since we've already got things off on a different foot, you want to try something else that's a little different? Different strokes. That depends. What do you mean by something else? I was hoping you would fall into that trap and just say yes, and then I could make you do a lot of fun things. But since you didn't, let's talk about my topic instead. Let's do it. All right. So, long, long time ago. Kind of. I mean, it was, oh my God, this was almost 40 years ago. In the 1980s, because we're about to be in the 20s. Oh, no. Are we all, are we having existential crisis? You said 40 years ago and I was thinking like 60s. Right? (laughs) Yeah. No. This is the 80s. I'm going to go cry in my red blend now. How's the wine? (laughs) Not aged enough. (laughs) Unlike you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the oldest one on the show. When you're falling asleep and you think you're falling. You think it's a ghost. <gasps> oh. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're even, All why right. are we talking about 40 years ago, Tiffany? So in the 1980s, mysterious tiles with the inscription, Toy and Bee Idea, in movie, 2001, Resurrection what? Dead, <laughs> on planet Jupiter, began popping up on streets of Philadelphia and associating, or close cities. Okay, hold on. Inscribed with what? Twin B idea in movie 2001 Resurrection Dead on Planet Jupiter. Is this Latin? No. Toy and B? Toy and B idea in movie. movie. Okay. I'm sure you'll explain that in further detail later. Occasional variations and frequent additional texts were added. Like uh, most commonly movie was changed to Kubrick's like Toy and B idea in Kubrick's 2001 Resurrection has been changed to Ray's and the on is hit or miss. So anyway, random street corners began sporting these license plate sized tiles, typically white tiles with the letters cut out and little by little they would appear and for the most part go unnoticed. 
list. A few curious souls would take note and ask, what are these? Why are they here? And what do they mean? <laughs> what are this? Yeah. In uh, 1994, the Baltimore Sun wrote, the cryptic words are on at least seven street markers on Calvary and other streets in downtown Baltimore. These aren't manhole covers or spray painting graffiti. These are shoebox sized markers with black engraved letters. They're permanent. So this was the first media reference to these unusual tiles. And pictures have been popping up since the mid 80s on these. Okay. <laughs> skeptical, Rebecca is skeptical. What's the big deal? Why am I telling you about these random weird tiles? Because you're in charge of this episode. The big deal's the mystery behind them. Oh, oh, excited. Oh, okay. Microphone okay. slap. Okay. There's... Quel mystery. Yeah, because these random tiles have been laid since the 80s and are still being laid to this day. Is it Banksy? It is not, but it is a type of street art and a lot of people have compared it to Banksy. Okay. But from Philly. <laughs> is it Banksy? I don't think Banksy's been around since the 80s. He hasn't been doing street art since the 80s. He's, He's the only street artist I could oh, think of. Oh, toe beans. I'm sorry. My cat's cute. I got distracted by a kitten. So from Philly to Buenos Aires, these unique pieces of art are mysterious and infuriating. Because I don't know. And I hate not knowing. You don't? Well, I'll tell you about it. So subject over. Remember, friends. <laughs> <laughs> so there are theories, but it's not known for sure. Although I'm pretty positive that there's an answer. But I don't like not knowing things, which leads to a very angry existence for this happy person because there are a lot of things I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so... <laughs> How about we talk about what we do know? Let's okay. talk about it. What do we know? The well, tiles. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> On the corner. <laughs> but there are some guys who were really, really, really into this. And they spent years researching, investigating, and taking really cool pictures of all the tiles that they found. And these three men documented their journey in the documentary Resurrect Dead, The Mystery of the Toenbee Tiles. This was entered in the 2011 Sundance Film Festival. That's, That's why, you why you're talking that about it. <laughs> like, why is Tiffany talking about a film Tiffany festival? is not hip enough to know about Sundance. I know of its existence. Well, yeah, we all do. That's yeah. the extent of it. And it's in Colorado. Sure. Yeah. Why not? It is now. So <laughs> Sundance is in Colorado. Frozen Dead Guy Days. Oh, <gasps> dual trip. Yes. Actually, so the reason I wanted to talk about these today was because Rebecca's going to be leaving for Philadelphia. Oh. And these tiles are all over Philly. Okay. So I need you to find them. Send me a map. I will. There is a map. <laughs> I'll tell you about it when we get there. Okay. But like also send it to me afterwards. Does anybody have a map? Anybody maybe happen to know? Not how right now. Do I this? see it in your glasses. Not I don't right know now. If you can tell, but this is me just pretending to know where the tiles are in Philly so Rebecca can go see them and Instagram them and Tiffany looks sad. The map isn't working on toyandbeidea.com. They've got this really cool feature where it's a map and you can like, it <laughs> has pieces. They have this really cool feature. It's called a map. <laughs> and you unfold it. First of all. And the trick is. One for you. Back. And one for you. Thank you. Um, no, but it's a really cool thing that like pinpoints where all the maps are or where all the tiles are. So these Toy and B tiles. Okay, I'm sorry. So like T O Y space A N D space B T O Y N B E E. 
all one word all one word it's not a word twin b twin b why are they called that good question thank you for Nobody asking knows. twin b idea what we believe references arnold twin b who was a a religious philosopher back in like the 20s and 30s i believe <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me with a questionable look like this. Yes. No, you're supposed to know, You're supposed to be in my brain. Me and Twin B go way back. Right? But he had this idea that basically when... Which... Hold on. Got ahead of myself for a second. His idea isn't too terribly crazy on the surface, but it kind of is. So we're all made of atoms and energy and with you so far yes yes when we die that energy doesn't just go away nope it decomposes into the earth continue Mm, that's where you get ghosts so his idea was this energy could in theory with enough technology be resurrected so like frankenstein as a ghost well frankenstein is taking different body parts so just the energy yeah, taking the energy and like putting the atoms back together and molecules together and creating life. What? Elsewhere. Toyin B's idea was that like we could, with enough technology, create a heaven by taking all of the energy and molecules and putting them back together and existing on a different plane. Okay. So Toyin B idea. What does this have to do with tiles? Well, because the tile's first line says toy and be idea. Okay. Ah, now that gibberish makes sense. Okay. Yes. The theory is that toy and be idea references Arnold toy and be. In movie 2001, it is believed references Stanley Kubrick's because, you know, I said in movie is sometimes uh, interchanged with Kubrick's 2001. The Stanley Kubrick film 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay. At the end of that movie, the astronaut watches himself die and then life is recreated from his death. And it's kind of interpreted as we make our own heaven in space. So you take this Toynbee idea that we can create our own heaven from these dead molecules and this energy. And then the 2001 film just kind of like, what are the similar concepts? Oh, this right here. Life after death, creating our own. Why do I feel like I'm in Bible study right now? And I'm having the same (laughs) reactions I would when I was stuck in Bible study. What? She thinks that these tiles are referencing the idea, or not she thinks, but the theory is, she might think, that the tiles are referencing this idea of creating your own heaven, basically. But what do the tiles have to do with any of this we're not there yet okay so the next line is resurrect dead okay resurrected resurrect dead so you're going to resurrect the dead in this heaven that is created zombies on planet jupiter space they do realize jupiter is not inhabitable right and that the closest thing we got was kurt von gut's book which was fiction we got what Space zombies. The Sirens of Titan. I like the book. Anyway. Titan. Nope. Not the cat. Oh, I still like my idea of space zombies. What does Jupiter have to do with this? So you need to understand the physiological. Nope. Philosophical was a word that I could not (laughs) say. So there's a philosophical worldview of the Tyler 
that you need to understand. The what? Tyler. The Tyler. The person tiling. Ah. Ah. So I love Tyler. I, th- I thought it was like T-Y. All yeah, Tylers like, in the world. What does Tyler have to do with this? Who's Tyler? All Tylers have the same end goal. So <laughs> the Tyler didn't believe in an automatic. Not all Tylers. <laughs> automatic afterlife. He believed that if one was going to exist, that it was up to human beings to physically construct it. So the plan goes, step one, you drop dead and rot away. <laughs> Check. Your consciousness goes with you. Check. Step one, drop dead. Step two, humans decide to build heaven and space on a planet suitable to house everyone who has ever lived. What's what planet's big enough? Planet. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. That's a star. Step three, terraform Jupiter. How? Look, this is the tiles okay, only we, have we, a small game plan here. Why don't they just make bigger tiles or like say like see reference next tile? And how do we resurrect all of mankind? And why tiles? Their energy is dead. I mean, we, I guess we could resurrect the mummies because they're still technically here. Space zombies. Step four. Find a way to recombine the pattern of molecules that make up your physical body. A perfect replica brings rise to the consciousness that was and always will be you. And voila, afterlife. You don't know that's how that works. Just because there's a how doesn't mean there's electricity running. What? Just because you have like the body doesn't mean there's anything going on in it. Okay. Why are you staring at me like that? Because I don't know. (laughs) And it's infuriating. (laughs) So... We're not going to get into too much detail on why that's wrong. Okay. Because <laughs> there's a lot to cover. Is that your polite way of saying sh- shut the fuck up? Ooh, yes. Did Rebecca drop the first F-bomb? That is She's of dropped. The episode? No, I know you've dropped them previously, but did you drop the first one of the, uh, the, uh, the, the fucking episode? <laughs> well, I'm trying so hard. All right. You um, are. Brain paused. What's your next point? So my next point is these were popping up so often. These tiles. These tiles. Okay. And these three men were like fascinated by them and they would go through and they would look online and find out like, okay, does anybody have any information on it? And really they couldn't find anything other than people saying, hey, I found a tile here. Hey, I found a tile there. So they go through and they're like, all right, what exactly do we know? We're trying to establish, let me establish a timeline for you. Just so you kind of get an idea of where we're coming from. Okay. In 1979, there are some minority association documents that pop up. What is the minority association? I'm so glad you asked, Tiffany. <laughs> are, are we even needed here? Nope. <laughs> I can do this. She's a Leo. She's got this. Own. Except for I can't. Uh, the minority association is this group, a small group. Some might even say just the four founding me- members small. Could they be considered a minority? Oh. <laughs> He's so pun. Would that be punny? Is that a pun? Uh, possibly. No, no yeah. that was an obvious. You're so statement the obvious statement. <laughs> We're falling apart, guys. Thanks for following along so far. We've enjoyed you. Minority Alliance. Association. Association. (laughs) The ma. So the Minority Association documents mention something from Arnold Toynbee's autobiography, Experiences. So this is where we're going to talk about his theory. So, quote, however, the dust of which a human body is composed, quantitatively trivial though it is, is an integral part of the inconceivably vast physical universe. And when, after death, the body dissolves into its physical elements, 
These elements themselves are not all annihilated. Death has destroyed the organism that for a brief time had succeeded in maintaining itself as a puny counter universe. But the physical materials of which the dissolved human body was composed at the moment of death have not been destroyed through ceasing to be incorporated temporarily in an organic physical structure. They continue to exist as part of the physical universe, though it's no longer in an organic form. Yeah, because matter cannot be created or destroyed along with energy. We're all stardust, baby. There's two types of people. Oh my god, you broke <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> Isn't that what my Raelian guy said? We're all stardust, baby. There's three types of people. <laughs> so, and as the sciency person, that was a lot of gobbledygook. I mean, I was able to follow along, which means that there were a lot of filler words to make it seem like it was fancy. Yeah, it was a lot of sciency hogwash. Yeah. Sciency hogwash. Which is why so yes, Ashley, that face was appropriate. Yes. Okay. So Sciency Hogwash will do that to you. The Toy and B Tyler combined the ideas of experiences, the Arnold Toy and B autobiography, and connected them to the movie Two Thousand One Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. He then set to work forming the Minority Association, which was a group dedicated to the colonization of Jupiter. How their goal was to colonize Jupiter with all the dead people. Yeah, but you can't. According to the documents, the Tyler introduced his idea with the public in February of 1980. Larry King used to let people call in like on his late night show towards the end. In 1980, at 3 a.m., he opened his lines to the public for what he dubbed Open Phone America. The Toy and B. Tyler, we've now learned, and when I say we've learned, these three guys who made this film did a lot of research and this is what they've come up with. So this is just a theory. We've now learned that the Toy and B. Tyler made more than one call to the show and may have been something of a regular. We have an approximation of the transcript because this guy, David Mamey, had a one-act play called 4AM in 1985. And in the play, Mamey presents a conversation between a caller and a radio host based on Larry King. So the caller asked for support for his idea to raise the dead on Jupiter through ideas presented in the movie 2001 and the writings of Arnold Toynbee. So this caller called in and said, I've got this guy over here, Arnold Toynbee. I've got this movie. Put it together. This is what we're going to do. So everybody's following along that the Minority Association wants to do this, Colonize Jupiter? Sure. Okay. Prior to the 4 a.m. one-act play, it is believed that Toy and B. Tyler approached journalists and intellectuals trying to promote his ideas. In March of 1983, a man speaking as James Morasco called the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he wrote an 11-sentence piece for the paper. This article was the extent of Minority Association's success in the mainstream. So basically, he wrote into this article saying, this is what we want to do. Colonize Jupiter. And we done now. Yeah. They couldn't get any more traction in the mainstream. Can't imagine why. So what do you do when you can't get media to cover your theory? Riots. No. You apparently put tiles on the streets. Well, first, you purchase a shortwave transmitter to help you spread your message. They created a number station? I, this is what got me started on that. When you said number station, I was like, oh, this reminds me of a story I heard. So in the shortwave community, there are some people who, did you know there are like shortwave conventions? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Radio hams. Didn't know that. Radio hams? Yeah. Radio hobbyists. I didn't know they had conventions. Yeah. I didn't know they were called hams. 
She mentioned that. I did last week. Yeah. Or not last week, the week before. I mean, duh. <laughs> <laughs> we pay attention. So the three guys in this movie go to some conventions and they're asking like, hey, we've heard stories of this minority association and we're trying to figure out who the Toy and B. Tyler is. Can anybody help us out? And it turns out they found out that there was this guy who had a Viking transmitter, which basically like was a portable transmitter he could put in his car. And when he drove around, it would like interrupt the broadcast feed on people's TVs. And he was spreading his message that way since he couldn't get the media to spread his message. That sounds annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but the price is right is on. Well, when they were asking about this, they were like, all right. We need to know, like, do you know who that was? He goes, well, it was a member of the minority association. They found some articles from somebody in the minority association, and everything said James Morosco. So this is our guy. James Morosco is the Toy and Bay Tyler in their mind. Because whenever he got rid of shortwave, he started doing the tiles as another way to get his message out there. So instead of driving around interrupting people's television signals, he just drove around and randomly laid tiles on the floor, which I have questions. So instead okay. of YouTube, Did he, like, it was Twitter. Did he dig up the concrete and like set the tile down? Was the tile raised on top of the concrete? Did he put it in brick? How did he do this without getting noticed? So we'll come back to James Morosco and I'll answer this question first. So the how. Mm. No, we've got to go through James Morosco first. Sorry. That, that's, that's fine. I'm just very confused. Same. Like, why Jupiter? because <laughs> it had to be big enough to house every person that had ever it's died it's a gas giant it's inhabitable Same. <laughs> you are not a gas giant um have you heard me burp ashley i'm gonna answer your question in this episode rebecca i'm sorry i'm not gonna answer yours that's the best answer you're getting same <laughs> no it's the it has to be large enough to house all the dead humans ever ever and jupiter is our best option it's the well, biggest planet we have to go saturn are you gonna go to uranus mm -hmm. i've been to uranus you don't want to be there you've been to uranus none of these things are inhabitable or habitable <laughs> you can't live there that's the problem here, folks rebecca's anus is not habitable <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you put up with this? okay so our first person that they believe this could be is James Morosco. The only James Morosco during this time in that area was a man well into his elderly life. <laughs> so, at the time 40s? at the time of playing the first tiles, he would have been in his 70s or 80s. Okay. Okay, then say 70s or 80s. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Your story, you're doing a good job. Well, I he don't. wouldn't have been in his 70s or 80s yet. No, at the time of laying the first tiles. So, yes, he would have. Oh, well. that is absolutely what I'm going to do when I'm retired. I'm just going to pick a random symbol and start putting it all over Atlanta. Just to freak people just out. Just to freak people out. Well, like that little ghost that I don't know where it comes from or why it's everywhere. If you're trying to stay anonymous, putting it on the podcast is not the best way to go about that. This is years from now that when this will happen. And it doesn't random matter. Symbol. This was 40 years ago, almost. And they have ways of tracking it down based on the shortwave broadcasting convention. That's how they found out about the minority association. And then this play from the 80s, which was almost 40 years ago. So in 40 years, when you're, you know, in your 60s, mm -hmm. people will be like, oh, we tracked down that podcast where she said this. Yeah, well, she said a lot of things. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Jupiter. 
this guy laying tiles. So, James Morosco. Okay. You are so fed up with me. I am. I don't get it. <laughs> We're getting there. Okay. James Morosco. The only James Morosco there was a gentleman well into his elderly age. Okay. When they tracked him down to ask him, his wife was like, mm, no. First of all, he can't talk to you. His voice box has been removed. Um, second of all, no, this was not him. Dude, that sounds like the ideal marriage. Right? It sounds like someone smoked. Yeah. I mean, you win some, you lose some. Oh, darn, I can't find your voice box. Sorry, Tough honey. Luck. Batteries are dead. Can't make it to the store. There's a storm. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> So they're like, okay, well, we know that this James Morasco has contacted shows and newspapers and tried to get this theory of colonizing Jupiter out there. How can we figure out who this is? So they're looking for all these tiles and they're spotting them in Philadelphia. They're spotting them in New York. They're spotting them in New Jersey and in all these little areas around there. Then they found some in South America. And they're like, how the hell did these tiles get to South America? Legit Mm -hmm. question. Legit question. Well, one of the tiles in South America, when they were able to see what was under the tile, found an address. The address was in Philadelphia. Ooh. Okay. Like on the back of the tile? mm Mm-hmm. So the gentleman who lived at the address up until 1987 was a gentleman who worked on a rail line. And this rail line was taking parts down from Philadelphia, piece by piece, down to South America to build something. I can't remember what. It makes sense that he would bring it from his house all the way down there to lay the tiles. Did they find any other tiles at the stops between Philadelphia and South America? Where this train came out of, along those tracks, were where all the tiles were at. Hmm. Right? The gentleman who lived there... His family was in gravestone. They did gravestones. So they like engraved. They had access to the equipment. Okay. Yeah. Cool, huh? (laughs) I'm really excited about this. But he left there in 1987. And that's when around that time is when the tiles started to really come out. So they go to this um, location. And the gentleman who lives there now is a guy named Sevi Verna. They're like, okay, cool. What's up with the Sevi Verna guy? Well, he is a recluse. Didn't really talk to anybody. They called him the Birdman because he took care of pigeons on the roof of his house. Ashley's shaking her no, head thank no. thank you. Not a fan of the Birdman. I mean, they're not real, so. <laughs> Men or birds? Yes. <laughs> um, But they're like, okay, well, maybe we can find out something about this Sevi guy. Well, the streets surrounding his residence, they found all of these little tiles in the concrete. And these are different from the big tiles they're with different the words. than toy and be tiles okay they are just like little prototypes kind of just a couple letters here and there or a small phrase here and there just it was kind of like they were trying to figure out how to lay tile so like oh fudge yeah we've got him fudge, fudge yeah. yeah fudge yeah the ham radio enthusiast that they talked to about the minority association coming through and broadcasting and everything mm-hmm they were asking him, like, well, do you remember this guy? Do you remember anything about him? And they're like, yeah, I remember some about him. And they're like, well, do any names ring your bell? So, like, I don't know. So, they start mentioning names. The first name they mention is Sevi. And the guy goes, Verna. Yeah, I know Sevi Verna. That's the guy. Hmm. 
Right. And then they started reading through the Minority Association documents, and he called himself James Morosco the whole time. But in one little document, he accidentally called himself Sevi Verna. Why was he going by James Morosco? The theory is he was a recluse that didn't want to interact with anybody. So when you've got that social anxiety, you put on this persona and like you use a fake name. So if you're like walking down the street and like the guy next door is like, hey, Savvy, what's up? He doesn't know you're James Morosco that's been spreading this message to everybody else. Alrighty. So like, all right, well, how how would he lay these tiles? It doesn't make any sense if this this recluse that doesn't want to talk to anybody. So they said whenever he would do his grocery shopping, he only went out at night. Like anytime he left his house, it was at night. And they mentioned that he had this really funky car that didn't have a passenger seat and had a hole in the floorboard. Okay, Ted Bundy. (laughs) (laughs) So the theory is he would drive through these intersections and like stop at a red light and drop a tile from the floorboard. And the way he would do it is he had tar paper, the tile, and then this like adhesive tar paper. And when he would drop it, usually in the summertime when the pavement's hot and drive over, you just saw this like black piece of tar. Well, people would drive over it all the time and it would kind of help embed it. And after a while, that top piece of tar paper between the foot traffic and the cars would start to wear off. And then the toy and be tile would present it. See, that makes a lot of sense. I'm just imagining like a Fred Flintstone car. Right. Where he just runs. (laughs) No, it's just a regular car with a t- or with a hole cut out. No big deal. NBD. Mm-hmm. That is super creepy. It's an anti-moon roof. Right? <laughs> it's an intersection roof. It's an inverse roof. So my question is, if he's trying to promote this colonization of Jupiter, it's been 40 years. Why is he still doing it? Like, obviously, it's not working. Well, considering we're having a hard time reaching Mars, he has a little bit of time. Fair. But it's still silly. Well. Why Jupiter? Because it's the largest one, Rebecca. But if it's not inhabitable. I guess planets. But if we're recreating these humans, we can recreate them to sustain life. Can we though? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of these tiles though. So all of these tiles have been popping up since the mid 80s, early to mid 80s. Most of them have just the Toy and Bee message. There are a bunch of copycats out there, but the original Toy and Bee Tyler had started adding little blurbs on the side. And it was always like basically putting down the media and saying like fight against the media. Get this message out there. This is the only way to do it. Laying these tiles. Anti-fake news. Got it. Exactly. Now there have been a lot of copycat artists. There's one that's getting a lot of traction, which I... Bigsby. Banksy. Bigsby. It, it's his surname. It's his little brother. <laughs> his his it's less cool little brother. Bigsby. It's the House of Hades. And they are very openly anti-media. That sounds familiar. House of Hades. They yeah. do tiles basically in the New York area. They're out of Buffalo, New York. And they believe that's also one tiler. It looks like the Toy and Bee tiles, except for a lot of them have like women's legs coming off of it. There's some mosaic ones of like uh, a guy wearing a top hat. And it's really cool stuff. Really artful and pretty, but artful. All right, I'm just going to let that one roll. Thanks. But yeah, there are a lot of copycat artists, but the Toy and Bee Tyler is still out there doing this. After the Resurrect Dead came out in 2011, there was a lull where he didn't really lay anything. I think he was kind of trying to lay low. 
but he's back out doing it and it's pretty cool. A lot of them though get worn down and repaved roads and mm-hmm. all that. So a lot of them are disappearing. Tiles that are located in the mis- middle of busy streets and highways on and off ramps tend to wear away quickly and can also become victims of resurfacing. Smaller tiles and those located close to pedestrian crosswalks tend to be in better conditions. Um, hundreds of tiles have been destroyed during the course of regular road maintenance and the city of Chicago has declared the tiles vandalism and removes any tiles they find, considering them to be of no different than graffiti. Rude. There are a lot of them, or not a lot of them, there is one, I can't remember what it was, I believe it's in New York, that they dug up and put in a museum since it is art. But for the most part, they're just left as they are. And as the road gets repaved, they get covered up and they'll come through and lay another one eventually. But there's no concrete evidence to say that um, <laughs> Sevi is the Toy and B. Tyler. There's no concrete evidence. <laughs> yeah, totally meant to do that. But yeah, there's nothing saying he is the concrete Tyler, but all signs point in that direction. And have they not interviewed him or asked him about it? So in the documentary, they're like standing outside of his door knocking. They write him letters. They try everything to get in touch with him. But basically, even his like neighbors were like, nobody talks to Sevi. If he doesn't want to talk to you, he's not going to talk to you. And the really really cool thing about this was, so the guys have gotten kind of mixed criticism on this. Like some people were like, why didn't you push him harder? And they said, well, if he doesn't want to be contacted, like we're not going to contact him. Like we're going to respect the art. We would love to know. But if he wants to keep it anonymous, let him keep it anonymous. And like, well, then why did you put his name out there in your documentary? And they're like, well, we went back and forth on this. We uh, feel like we're doing the right thing. And if we're not, oh, well, but we're going to let him live his life we're not going to push him any further and we hope you don't either so the um, main guy in the show justin doer Dewar doer something like that (laughs) (laughs) said that he believes he ran into him on a bus he's like it was right off of his street and he looked like the kind of guy who had lived in his head very introspective didn't want to talk to anybody got off headed towards Sevi's house I'm pretty sure I ran into Sevi but I left him alone because I knew he didn't want to talk about it Mm. oh that's pretty cool but so I like to think it's Sevi and I'd like to meet him one day but maybe he'll come out one day with his story whoever he is so and I kind of hope that he comes out and is like look I don't actually believe we can colonize people on Jupiter but it was fun while it lasted yeah Oh, and there was this other thing where there is a tile called the Manifesto. And it's basically two really large tiles put together with like, it looks like pages of just like nonsensical rambling, talking about the FBI is after him. The mafia is after him. People have like barged into his house and just this very like, what's the word I'm looking for? Not scared. Um, Schizophrenia? No. Conspiracy. No. Why am I blanking on this word? Paranoid. Thank you. A very paranoid message. And when they went to go see Sevi, there were multiple locks on his door, bars against the windows, and it was kind of like reinforced. And they were talking to the neighbors and they were like, yeah, uh, people broke into Sevi's house and attacked him once. Hmm. So they're thinking that Sevi is really the guy and he believes that the mafia is after him and the FBI and maybe he's got this grand idea that the government's trying to cover up. Maybe. And he's just managing to hide from the government. Right? So that's uh, the Toy B. <laughs> Tyler, and it makes me really happy, and you should watch Resurrect Dead. It's a lot cooler than my story was. <laughs> <laughs> 
the mystery of the toy b tiles it's only like an hour and a half and i loved it that was very strange i don't know how to feel about that one jupiter rebecca's very infuriated jupiter rebecca's stuck on jupiter yeah why i can't give you what's going on inside this guy's head i can't justify it fair but why because that's what they like okay because jupiter is the largest planet in our solar system well remember friends oh are we switching things up here too okay go go ahead rebecca Ah. Well, remember, (laughs) friends, everyone has something they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you would like for us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found at theladiesofstrange.com, or you can email them to us at theladiesofstrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash theladiesofstrange. Keep it strange, lovelies. Who's who? We don't know. Jupiter? Tiles? It's not Jupiter. It's not Tiffany because Tiffany's on Jupiter. <sighs> Tiffany's on Jupiter? Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, <laughs> I'm going out with the bank. <laughs>